Sunday, April the 11th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's great to be here with Simon Barrington. Simon's uh, a great friend of mine, a great friend to all of us as part of the Burlington family. As uh, so many of you will know, Simon worked for uh, Samaritan's Purse uh, for uh, 14 years before starting Forge Leadership. But recently, he's found himself using that experience uh, to speak into all that's been going on during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, we're in the middle of our Reset series And we're thinking about the way that God sent so many prophets before, during and after their lockdown, their moment of exile, their time of their life being taken away and powered down to encourage the people how to respond during it and above all, how to rebuild after it. And we're in the middle of looking at lots of those uh, prophets. But I thought we'd press the pause button today and uh, tap Simon for his wisdom, because he's doing in the present what those prophets of old uh, were doing way back then, helping the people of God, helping charities and businesses navigate the times that we are in. And in particular, think about how we move towards uh, recovery. And so my hope for us this morning, as you listen into this conversation, is that it will fuel your own ability to journey forward. It will help you as you seek to help others as we move into the next season. And perhaps above all, it will give us things to be praying about for all of us, both as individuals, families and as a church in terms of how God's leading us into the future. So welcome, Simon. Thank you so much for uh, being with us in this way. Oh, it's great, Simon. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Oh, great. I'm glad you are. So let's dial back almost 12 months to the day uh, when you recorded a little video, when you took some of the wisdom that had been gathered dealing with responses all over the world to help people see a progression through uh, a disaster. And uh, the coronavirus pandemic has been a disaster on a global scale. And you talked about the response, the recovery and the reconstruction phases so where are we in that journey and what does that say to us right now yeah it was uh just waking up one morning really and going this feels so familiar um it feels like i've just landed in haiti a couple of weeks after the earthquake or liberia after ebola or south sudan in the middle of a a war and, and, and everybody's running around and we're looking for new roles and we're looking for food and we're looking for, um, the basic necessities of life. And, 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 and it struck me that actually that, that's just the characteristics of, of any disaster response around the world. Um, but what people don't realize, I think, is that after any disaster, however long it goes on for, and whether that's an Ebola, uh, piece that goes on for months or an earthquake that goes on, on, on for days, um, that actually there's a prolonged recovery phase after that before you get to reconstruction. And I suppose the, the big insight at that point that, 
that helps people navigate it is is we're not just going to come out of this response and be exactly the same as we were before that actually there's going to be a recovery period um before we get back to to reconstruction as well and and so there's a a real sense in which we've been through a couple of minor recoveries so last summer you could say was a minor recovery but then we went back into the response cycle as well because we were back into lockdown um and then maybe christmas there was an even smaller (laughs) recovery for a couple of days um um, but the sense now that actually the track that we're on through step ones to one to four of of coming out of lockdown um, mean that we're coming into a a real recovery phase And, and there are some characteristics of that recovery phase and and that's that um people's mental health is to the fore the issues around trauma and reflecting back on what we've been through um there's no doubt that you know we've all come close to to death in many ways and come close to 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 trauma in ways that maybe we haven't before um and so the ability to process that and to work that through and to talk about it and to tell our stories actually after a disaster in a recovery phase everybody wants to tell their story um, and I think we're going to enter a phase now where actually we just have to give people space and give ourselves space to tell our stories. You know, what's it been like for you? What have you appreciated about it? What's been really hard? What's been really difficult? And, and everybody's gone through it in a different way, haven't they? The, the impact of coronavirus has been different, whether you're a homeschooler, a home worker, um, a teacher, um, uh, working in the front line, a key worker, a shop worker, um, you're retired. Um, you know, it's been whether you live in an urban setting or a rural setting, whether you've got a small flat or a big garden, you know, the impact on people has been very different. And so giving people the space and the time to actually reflect on that and to journey through it and to work out what we value is really important. And there's some, uh, some brilliant verses in Hosea chapter six, which talk about um, our wounds being bound up. So it says on day one, your wounds will be bound up. On day two, you will be revived. And on day three, you will rebuild. And and Hosea is pointing forward to the death and resurrection of Jesus and and the new life that comes from that. But it's really relevant for us as well in the sense that this next phase of recovery is that moment to breathe uh, and to breathe in the breath of God and and, and to want to be wonderful just in as we come back to worship, just to to dwell in that place of of having the breath of God breathed into us corporately in that recovery space as we give one another space and as we give God space to actually move amongst us corporately as well and give one another space to to dialogue and chat and and reflect and, and then to dream. Um, so the recovery phase is, is backward looking, but it's also forward looking as well. And we're going to have to be really careful because people have been through it in different ways to actually go at the pace that we feel comfortable with through that period. Uh, Terry Waite um, heard him speak at Patrick Reagan's book launch uh, last week. Um, Patrick's got a new book out called Bouncing Forwards, which is all about resilience. And Terry Waite was saying that uh, it's his experience, so he was in captivity uh, for five years in in, in the Middle East and uh, in, in isolation. And he came out of that captivity um, back to the UK. And he was talking, you know, 20, 30 years later about the fact that it was a bit, it was a bit like a deep sea diver 
coming up to the surface that when you've been down under that pressure for so long down on the sea floor then actually you mustn't come up too fast because you'll get the bends and so they have decompression chambers don't they which yeah allow you to come up at stages and and decompress and coming out to recovery is going to be a bit like that and and the government's four stages are helping us in that in that we can only do little bits at a time and i think it's a really good thing um to help us decompress um from what we've all experienced and and we'll all do that at different speeds and and that's okay um, with the different things that people feel comfortable with. Uh, that That's all so helpful. I love what you're saying uh, about Hosea. And of course, Hosea is one of those prophets that I was alluding to. And yeah. uh, as I've been studying this whole period of, of scripture, I've seen lamentations in a brand new light. I mean, everyone wonders yeah. why is lamentations in the Bible? Yeah. But it's yeah. exactly what you're talking about. It's giving yeah. the people permission to lament, yeah. to tell their story of pain and sadness yeah. and difficulty. And I mean, yeah. we, we've lost, if we're not careful in our Christian culture, I think, a good lament because we want yeah. to skip into the future because God gives us yeah. joy. And of course yeah. he does. And all that is yeah. is true. Yeah. But but a whole yeah. book in the Bible going, <laughs> lament. And um, I found a secret in that book, which I'm going to save for when I speak on it. But look out for a secret treasure oh, the I, book of I, lament I, that I'm, I, I, I'm bursting to share now I found it, but I'm going to hold I, back. I'm uh, looking forward to that. But interestingly, the, the whole of scripture is full of emotional language oh, that we can really dig into, the Psalms, yeah. lamentations, you know. And actually, we're going to need to find afresh uh, the language that allows us to express what we've been for and, and to validate, to give permission for one another to actually share that. You know, it's, it's OK not to have been OK. It's OK to have found this last period really, really hard. It's OK to find going back really hard yeah. as well. And to find the emotional language in that um, will be really important for us. And, and some practical tips in that, in terms of creating space to tell your story. So in the workplace, I mean, in church, but in family, what, yeah. what are some yeah. of the key issues around giving people that, that space? So I think part of it is, is taking that space for yourself. Mm-hmm. So taking the time to reflect yourself. Interesting, when I used to go on overseas trips, um, you know, I was really frustrated when I came back and talked to people and, and, and most people would want to, oh, where have you been? Oh, I've been to Liberia. And that was the end of the conversation. And nobody wanted to know anymore, really. Um, and so they teach you some tricks, like, you know, have a photograph in your wallet of a child that you met. So that if someone asks you that question, you can whip it out and start talking about that child. And, you, and you've got to focus on it. Um, but that only comes from your your own personal reflection. So, so actually sitting down and saying, what have I learned during this time? What have I valued? Journal it. What, what's been really good? Um, what's been really tough and really hard? What do I never want to go through again? Um, and then to think about uh, what does that mean for me for the future as well? So that actually when you're asked to tell your story, you, you, you've thought about it. Um, and, 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 and you're not just answering with, uh, oh, it was fine, really. Um, but actually you've thought about it and, and, and sharing your experience and being vulnerable enough to actually share your experience means that other people will open up as well and be vulnerable in sharing uh, their experience. You know, there's there's nothing like shutting down a conversation by saying everything's fine. (laughs) Everything's been rosy, you know. Um, The reality for all of us is some of us have lost loved ones. Yeah. 
during this time. I lost my dad uh, last August in the midst of Corona. It wasn't from COVID, um, but actually, there's been grief that that I've been processing as as we've gone through this lockdown. And there's a story to tell uh, around that as well. Other other others of us have, have you know had to homeschool, and and there have been real emotions and and it seems to me last week i went and met with two business colleagues and we sat in the garden for six hours and just chatted um and told our stories a little bit about what's happened and 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 you get a depth of that conversation when we're back face to face that you'll you'll never have on zoom and so there are a myriad of untold stories of what's happened what's gone wrong what god has done the miracles that we've seen um the new life that we've seen the depth increased depth of community that we've seen what a story we have to tell uh, and 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 so yeah reflect yourself and then be prepared to to share but also be prepared to listen to other people's stories you know this is a once in a lifetime situation where we've been through a a prolonged disaster again i want to learn as much as i possibly can about how people have navigated that how they've built their resilience how they've got through the really hard and dark times and how they've uh the things they've learned to enjoy as well because it it kind of sets the the back cloth if you like the scene for what we do next and how we rebuild so if we don't take the time to understand that we'll rush on and either go back to what we were doing before um which wasn't working then <laughs> won't work now or we rethink um but if we're going to rethink then we have to have some sensible conversations around um what's shaping that and how our experiences are shaping that as well yeah that's a really helpful that that two-facing looking back looking looking forward let's let's move the conversation a little bit into the forward space recognizing that we won't be able to rush forward there'll be a a lot of processing of the emotions a lot of space that we need a lot of storytelling a lot of lament uh and god's big enough to to take our lament and our anger and our disappointment and so on and we find healing as we pour it out pour it out to him uh, but then just a couple of months ago, you started uh, uh, writing and talking about reverse culture shock. Um, yeah. And uh, and Noah wants another shock. We've had enough shocks. <laughs> so, so what's reverse culture shock and uh, and how can we, we be ready for it and ride yeah. it rather than get submerged under it? Tell us, yeah, tell us about I'll, reverse culture shock. Uh, and what's it going to do with this present moment as well? So, so reverse culture. So people are aware of culture shock. You go into a different culture, you live in a different place, your rhythms change, your patterns change, maybe your diet change, your language changes and you get a shock. Um, But actually, when you come back to your home culture, um, reverse culture shock, people will say, can often be worse. And uh, it's a combination of things. One is that you have an expectancy of what it's going to be like and you have an expectancy of, of celebration. Um, so, you know, imagine arriving back at Heathrow. I mean, I, my first experience, I lived in Taiwan when I was 21, been away for a year, came back. My parents came to Heathrow, big hugs at Heathrow, you know, celebrations, banners, everything, the whole lot, you know, and some of our celebrations will be like that. Maybe they already have been as we see people again and 
maybe we're able to hug them or see grandkids or grandparents again and get to the house. It's a bit like that Heathrow moment. Da, da, da. And then um, you realize because you've been apart for a significant distance and you've had different experiences that, that you've changed and, and, and everybody else has changed as well. And so you can't go back to exactly how it was before. Um, because you've had different experiences and your patterns and your rhythms have changed. And so what happens is that, you, that there's a tendency towards disappointment and judgment. So there's a tendency to a disappointment that, oh, this isn't how I remember it was. So, so we tend to, to look back on things how they were before with rose tinted glasses that, that we look back and, and we think it was all wonderful. And then we get back into the reality of it again and you go, oh, <laughs> why was i looking forward to this you know um, and, and and a disappointment and judgment and, and and we go through that cycle and and then something amazing starts to happen which is actually you start to readjust and you start to understand what you valued from before you went through this experience what you valued from the experience and how now you're going to rebuild um for the future so to expect that that height of it, um, enjoyment and excitement and parties and you know uh going out for a meal and all that kind of stuff and and to enjoy that um but also to recognize an emotional journey going on as well that we will all share where we're going oh do i want to be back in church on a sunday morning do i want to be back in the office mm-hmm. um how often do I want to see my grandkids now? I have the choice of how often I can see them. Yeah. How often do I want to see my grandparents now? How, how often do I want to see my parents? How often do I want to see those friends who I haven't seen for a year? Do I want to see those friends? You know, all those kinds of emotions. That I, uh, do I want to go back to volunteering in whatever I was volunteering in before or actually something different? So we're going to have to help one another through that journey mm-hmm. of readjustment. And and I was struck over Easter just reading John chapter 20 again, how the disciples went through this. OK, so so they'd, they'd had, you know, the disappointment and the down uh, of Jesus dying, what was going on, the big question of it, then the resurrection and the hope that associated with that. And he appears in in the room with them and he speaks peace over them interestingly so his first words over them are, a, a, a peace be to you so so he knew at that moment of transition and that moment of change that actually they needed to experience the peace of god and then the next time we see peter is it's like he's back fishing again he's like he's like back at the beginning of the journey with jesus where he wasn't catching any fish and he was told to throw the net over the other side and now that story is being replayed again because he's gone back to where he was and i wonder what was going through those disciples minds you know should we go back to what we were doing before because we've been changed by this Jesus experience. And so do we go back or, or do we start doing something different? And of course, we know they started something revolutionarily different in terms of planting the global church that we're part of now 2000 years later. So my sense throughout of this is that actually God's going to bring renewal and rebirth and new hope and uh, reimagination of what church is is like and who we should be as his people that he has a new thing to do in this time for a a new season that he wants us to join in with but it's going to take a bit of messiness to get to that point of understanding what that is and we might go back and try fishing a few times (laughs) before we actually get to that point of going no god's doing a new thing here 
um, and it's remarkable, and we want to join in with it. Mm. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because they went back to what they knew, because there was a sense of safety and security in it. We yeah, can't yeah, do anything yeah, else. Yeah. Let's go back. But then yeah, they yeah. discovered what they knew was never enough for the for the yeah. for the new for the new season. Absolutely. So Absolutely. if I'm if I'm hearing you right, you're you're anticipating and and, and see so clearly as you describe it the kind of euphoria of things. Uh, the lockdown coming to an end, great celebration, yeah. but yeah. then those expectations not being realized and there being an emotional dip, a, a yeah. big readjustment. Yeah. Uh, but out of, out of that can come if we hold our nerve, if we encourage yeah. one another, we yeah. see God's face, yeah. uh, something that will be different, but yeah. greater than before, which of course is the exile story again. Yeah. Uh, or all over. And just just as a as a frame of reference, you're not talking about days or weeks, are you? No. I, I mean interestingly, you know, um in, in disasters around the world, we're not talking days, we're not talking weeks, we're not even talking months. You know, we're talking about years actually of of that process. Not not the emotional dip, but but actually the working through of that yeah. process. And and actually within that process we're gonna need community more than ever before. Yeah. Okay, and we need to be looking out for one another more than ever before, and we need to be emotionally in tune with one another. It's a time for the pastors. It's a time for the shepherds. It's a time for the um, the people who are, are looking out for people, who are caring for people, who are praying with people, who are helping us all through that journey of, of, of transition. And it's a time for those who who are painting their future hope as well um of uh what god might be calling us to so it's hope filled um it is renewal filled it's a time for renewing ourselves but also for corporate renewal um and it's a time of great hope actually um of what god is going to do in this in this new season so um just as a as a quick a quick answer i'm asking lots of uh leaders at the moment what the defining question is that we should be asking uh, as a church. This is a big moment, as you've alluded to. This is a once in a lifetime yeah, moment. Yeah. It's a defining moment. <clears throat> and we get the best out of those defining moments by asking the right question. Uh, what's, what's the question that, that is behind all the questions do you think that we should be asking? Um, what, what's God up to and how do I join in? Great. And, yeah, so, so I, I sense that God, God's up to a, a renewing of His people, and I don't want to miss that, um, and I don't want to miss joining in with what He's doing either. That that's really encouraging, and uh, and probably a great way for us to end this conversation on that sense of hope of all that God is is doing. Just before we do, part of that yeah. re uh, uh, rebuilding is uh, is something that you're behind in terms of a conference coming up in a couple of weeks time uh yeah. this is the 22nd of april it's yeah. called i'm in which yeah. is uh, what you're alluding to i'm in with what god yeah. is doing yeah. tell us about yeah. that for a moment and, and why you think that's so important at this time so there's a real sense for our town um that this is a defining moment as well that actually how we rebuild um in ipswich um with uh the church with churches coming together with civic society with our politicians that there's a moment in time where we've been hit by the impacts of the pandemic where we're not the same where actually we see increased levels of homelessness mental health issues debt 
poverty, an opportunity for the church to come together and and be united and relational and connected and missional together in a way that that we've not seen before in response to this moment. So on the 22nd of April, which is a, a week Thursday, um, in the evening, we've got Tom Hunt MP, um, Archdeacon uh, Rhiannon King um, from the Anglican uh, Deanery, um, Roger Sutton from uh, the Gather Movement coming together to talk to uh, church leaders from right across the town. And we've had we've had nearly a hundred uh, church leaders sign up so far. Church leaders, influences, people who are concerned about our town, who are concerned about making a difference in our town. And we're going to talk about how we can be more relational, more prayerful, more connected, and how we can shine our lights for Jesus in a in a um, significant way at this moment um, in our town. And I think it's significant that uh, our MP will be there, borough councillors will be there, um, church leaders will be there, and we can reimagine um, what God wants to do in, in our town uh, together. So what a great example of something uh, hope-filled coming out of what's been a dark and uh, uh, a difficult time. Uh, Simon, we super appreciate all of that insight, that wisdom that we take and absorb and turn into prayer and action as we journey through these next weeks, months and even uh, years together. Uh, Excited for all that God will do into the future. Thanks so much. God bless you and all that you do. It's a pleasure. Good morning. Let us pray together. Today we recall and give thanks for all your gifts, Lord. Father God, our hearts rise in praise of your majesty. We worship you. We thank you for the beauty of creation, the spring flowers, how we love them, the birds singing their hearts out as they build their nests and enjoy the tidbits we leave for them. We say, as did those first believers, we have seen the Lord. We thank you for our fellow man. The first steps of a baby, the chatter of toddlers, the laughter of children, the aspirations of youth and the energy of adults. Every age brings its own joy. Help us, Lord, to draw close to you in all our seasons, in work, leisure and rest. For the incredible variety of your world, Lord, we give you thanks. Jesus, thank you for Easter and all the incredible, sometimes deeply painful events of this season. Your amazing love. We thank you that we are forgiven and by your sacrifice and grace, we are heirs in your kingdom. Thank you for the days of Lent, in which we re-evaluate our lives. We are thankful that you speak to us through your word, in art and music, song, through other people, and directly to our hearts as we stop to listen and talk with you. We are amazed as we see through the the eyes of the apostles the splendour of your holiness when you were taken to the Father's throne on Ascension Day following your glorious resurrection. Thank you. And now, Lord, we prepare our hearts for Pentecost, 
the coming of your Holy Spirit, we are thankful that you empower us, equip, lead and enable us to do your work. Teach us how to pray. When we are lost, you intercede for us. You comfort and heal us. O Lord, we thank you. We remember before you now our loved ones. Protect and save them, Lord. Draw them close to yourself. We think of those who are ill. May they know that you are with them. Your love surrounds them and holds them fast. We ask you to bless them, Lord. We pray for our nation. Help us as we adjust to change. We will trust in you. We pray for this world. Lord, set your people free from evil. We ask you to come against the tragedy, hunger and pain the world is experiencing. We know that all things, all people are in your hands. You alone control and rule this world. We bow humbly before you as we seek your favour. Almighty Father, you gave your only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification. Help us to put away all that is not of you so that we can serve you with integrity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's Friday afternoon and we've just heard the news that His Royal Highness Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, has died. And so we just wanted to pause as a church family for a moment and thank God for his life, but especially to pray also for the Queen and the whole royal family as they face this time of mourning and grief. So let's pray together. Loving Father and faithful friend, Today, we thank you for the life of Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. We thank you for his sacrificial service to our nation and the Commonwealth. We thank you for who he was as father, grandfather and husband to the Queen for 73 years. We thank you for his legacy that is uh, far-reaching through military service, through serving, uh, uh, through the Duke of Edinburgh Award, which many of us have experienced through Burlington. We want to thank you for his legacy that he has left with grandchildren and children. We pray especially for them right now, for uh, his family. We pray for Queen Elizabeth. And we pray today that she will know uh, you, her father God, so close to her. We know she is a great believer in you. And so today, as the psalmist said, may she know you as her Lord and her rock, as her fortress and her deliverer. May she know you as the God of her refuge, of her shield and of her comfort in her mourning. We pray that too for the wider family, thinking of her children 
and grandchildren. We lift the whole royal family to you today and ask Father God that you are so close to them as they grieve. And in these strange times of COVID, so many of us have experienced death and experiencing grief at this time. And so we're mindful that as the royal family grieve and we remember a life well lived, many of us around the world are experiencing grief. And so, Father God, comfort your people, we pray. And we offer these prayers to you in Jesus' name. Amen.